You are listening to a podcast of Risen Savior Lutheran Church in Chula Vista, California. Growing in faith, living in hope, serving in love, all to the glory of God. May God's grace, mercy, and love be with you always, Christian people, even as we gather this day. The sermon text is printed for you in the bulletin on the next page, Luke 14, 7 to 14. This is the reading. When he noticed how the guests picked the places of honor at the table, he told them this parable. When someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honor, for a person more distinguished than you may have been invited. If so, the host who invited both of you will come and say to you, Give this person your seat. Then humiliated, you will have to take the least important place. But when you are invited, take the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he will say to you, Friend, move up to a better place. Then you will be honored in the presence of all the other guests. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Then Jesus said to his host, When you give a luncheon or dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers or sisters, your relatives or your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back, and so you will be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. This is God's word. Please be seated. May the Holy Spirit bless his word among you all. Amen. Would you join me? Come on. We're used to applause, aren't we? Sure, if you've gone to a play and the play has ended, you will break out in applause. You may do this maybe when your team scores. Or you're at a dinner to honor somebody who's done something special and everyone is asked to rise and show honor to the person with an applause. And that's where I'm taking you today on the basis of this scripture, these words of Jesus from Luke 14. Do you hear the applause of heaven? Do you hear the applause of heaven? I have three questions for you. You will see them printed for you on the page right above the text. First, do you assume honor and glory for yourself? The first verse of this chapter tells us that Jesus was invited on the Sabbath to a prominent Pharisee's home. And there are many other guests, and they were watching him because they didn't like him. They were jealous and had contempt for him, and they were looking for him to make a mistake, to say something that they could accuse him of. And he, on his part, where our text begins on verse 7, noticed how the guests, how the others, picked the places of honor at the table. 
the Jewish custom was that the left was the important place. And so you could imagine a long table and the chairs or the benches on each side, as you could imagine today. The people would jostle for these most important places. And maybe you have even experienced that yourself, where people have been kind of pushy and shovey to get to their seat ahead of you. That's just natural, isn't it? That's part of that old nature of ours. Me first. It's the kind of person who loves selfies, right? Jesus, Jesus noticed that that's exactly what they're doing. So he tells them a story, a parable. He said, you're invited to a wedding. I'm at verse 8. Do not take the place of honor, because if someone more distinguished was intended for that place, imagine how embarrassed and humiliating it'll be when the host comes and said, would you please move from that place? That's saved for so-and-so. Uh, and by now, you find that the only seats left are way down here on the right side. Whew, such humiliation as you walk over. And then he turns it around and says, and so the way to do this is to sit down as humble as be you can on the low side and, and wait for them to say, oh, I have a better seat for you, come. There's a certain amount of humor in what Jesus says, but it's so realistic about our old nature, isn't it? That we sure do take care of ourselves and look out for our own interests, don't we? And we do not like to be humiliated, do we? And every one of you has in your work world, your school world, whatever it is, neighbors, Somebody who has an overweening pride, right? And it's kind of hard to get along with because they love themselves so much. And so what Jesus is saying here has some real practical application when he tells us, do you assume honor and glory for yourself? Is that part of that old nature that creeps out? When you are invited, do you look for choice seats? Do you seek to be recognized and to be thanked? Hmm? Is, that, is that what it's all about? Do you complain when here at church you have done something and nobody has thanked you? That can happen. Has it ever happened that you have really gone out of your way and done something rather fine and, and it wasn't noticed? And then you said, hmm the last time I'm going to volunteer. That's our old Adam, isn't it? Or old Eve, number one. Or if you've been at one of the church potlucks where you looked at that casserole and said, boy, I sure can make something a whole lot better looking than that. Huh? Or watch one of the guys working around the church and saying, my, that was a terrible job he did because you have a real knack at it. That's our old sinful nature, isn't it? And my friends, it's with us all the time. It sits on our shoulder, doesn't it? That old nature, Adam or Eve, that keeps telling us, look out for your side, for you first, me. But we know, don't we, from the Christian gospel that if that's your attitude, you're never going to hear the applause of heaven. 
are you? So let's go to the second question that I posed for you. How do you compare that to Christ's call for humility? You see, if I think of me first and appreciation shown to me for all the things that I have done, wrong attitude. If I think about the fair share or my part, I'm thinking down the wrong avenue, am I not? It happens in every church. It happens frequently. And I suspect it probably has happened here in your congregation that you look at the annual budget or a special drive to accomplish something. It's so many dollars. We have so many members. You divide that number, and your fair share is. But that's silliness, isn't it? But we think that way, and you've heard others speak that way. When the reality is, you can't expect the teenager to give the same amount as somebody else. You can't expect the person who doesn't have a great job with a big family to give the same amount as somebody who maybe has a great job and is only living alone. You see, God blesses us differently. And so the motivation is not fair share or my part in the work party but it's rather it's serving the Lord, and that's what the gospel is trying to get across to us. And yet, my friends, you're surrounded with this all the time. You deserve it. You owe it to yourself. If you make a contribution, we'll put your name on this special plaque. We'll hang your picture. I get mail like that for contributions to causes. That's not why I would be charitable, is it? But that's the way the world works. What does Jesus have to say? What does God have to say about all this? Jesus called a little child to him and placed the child among them, and he said, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, Whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Did you hear that? Taking the place, the position of this child makes you great. Micah has a nice word. You have heard this before. What does God require of you to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God? Jesus said this. The greatest among you should be like the youngest and the one who rules like the one who serves. So leaders are servants. Paul wrote in Romans, For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourselves with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. James said, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. And Peter wrote these words you know. In the same way you who are younger, submit yourselves to the elders. All of you clothe yourselves with humility towards one another because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety or care on him because he cares for you. That is truth, isn't it? That's wisdom. 
Have you ever thought why Jesus called you to humility in your life? Ever thought about that? Well, would you just for a moment consider God? He is so holy and glorious that if He appeared, we couldn't tolerate it. <laughs> I think we'd all just be consumed. God's perfection is so great that He's never done wrong. There is no such thing as evil or sin with God, it's impossible. That's the perfection of God. Now consider Jesus for a moment. You recognize these words? By Him, Christ, all things were created. Things in heaven and earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by Him and for Him. He is before all things, and in Him, in Christ, all things hold together. And He is the head of the body, the church. Christ is called there in Colossians chapter 1, the creator of all things. And of course, everything that exists is created by God. There's not a single thing that you can do that would in make God indebted to you. What could you do for God or give to God that he doesn't already possess? It's impossible. And now consider Jesus again. He became your brother. Not by one day walking into the world as an adult, but in the humiliating fashion of becoming a fetus in a woman and being born as a baby, totally helpless, that had to be nursed at his mother's breasts, had to be diaper changed, fed. That's Jesus. This is the creator God. And he's this helpless little infant. He has to learn to speak by listening to his parents. He grows and matures over time. He learns how to throw a ball, how to maybe use a broom and sweeping as a little boy. And gradually he learns to do things around the house. Let's imagine doing dishes. After he's a little bit older, he starts to learn the carpenter trade from his earthly father, Joseph. He's a teenager, a young man. He keeps growing and listening and learning. Can you imagine that? The Creator God is learning. And that's because, as the Scripture said, he just emptied himself. And then at the age of 30, he introduced himself. Maybe Mark says it best. The kingdom of God is here. And he begins the ministry to point out to the nation of Israel that the fulfillment of the ages, all the prophecies of the prophets are now coming to pass. The Messiah has come. At first, they're excited. They expect great things in their pockets and in their mouths. And when they're not totally satisfied, they begin to sour on him. And you know that in three years, many of them will be disgusted. 
The leadership turns on him because they're jealous, because at first he's so popular. Can you imagine this? The appointed spiritual leaders from high priest down to the Levites actually plot to murder him and think that they're serving God. That is the humility that he must bear. But he tells his disciples again and again to strengthen that I'm going down to Jerusalem for the last time. This will happen to me, but I'll rise again. And I think the angels are probably applauding. Thank you for that resolve, Jesus. And then with tears, they watch him be tortured and crucified and murdered, and he dies. The Creator God dies and is buried for you. This whole thing that occurred, all this humility that he bore, was for you, for the people of the world, to reconcile you to God, to show you God's love and mercy and forgiveness as a gift. Isn't that marvelous? And then can you imagine the applause on Easter morning, the cheering of the angels, humanly speaking, for the resurrection? Now do you understand that we want to hear the applause of the angels, the applause of heaven? So the third question says, can you serve without looking for thanks? Can you? <laughs> Remember, don't ever kid yourself. That old nature of yours. You're sitting in chairs this morning. You know that many churches have pews, and these are really just replacement for pews. Did you know how they all came about in history? The elite of the community would have special boxes built for them. This is my box for my family to sit. This is my pew. Their name would be engraved on it. And don't you dare, you commoners, come near and touch my pew. <laughs> oh, talk about humility, huh? <laughs> but that's the way the world developed it. And by the way, you're not full of pride because you sit in the front. <laughs> and you're not more humble because you sit way there in the back. <laughs> That's all nonsense, isn't it? It's attitude that counts. And so what the question is asking of us, can you really serve God without looking for some thanks? Can you answer that? <laughs> I hope so. Because if our goal in life of serving and doing, of giving, is only for self-exaltation, we'll never hear the applause of heaven, will we? Because you must go back to this fundamental that I just explained to you. What are you worth? If your little baby was kidnapped, how much would you give to get your baby back? If your husband or wife or child were kidnapped, what would you give for that? Is that your worth? Is that the worth of a person? 
Are you worth a million? A billion? A trillion? How much are you worth? Oh, that's all nonsense, isn't it? You know what you're worth? Something so precious. The blood of God was shed for you. God paid the highest price possible to make you his very own. You are more valuable than gold and silver and all the money in the world. Hasn't that been conveyed to you now through the gospel, through all these years of you listening to sermons and reading the Bible, that our worth is found in what God paid for us, in the creator God becoming my brother and dying for me and rising again and opening heaven to me? Wow. So everything I do, all the service I give, all the money I give in a gift, is all just to thank you, isn't it? I want to do this. I don't want you to know what I do or to thank me. Isn't that the attitude of humility? I serve because God has so blessed me. Isn't that the attitude that we hold? Now, on that vein, this is a special day in your congregation's history, as you know. For in a few hours, you're going to be part of the induction of your new pastor, Pastor Schultz. You know what minister means, his ministry? You know what that means? Service. He needs you to be a minister, too, to give service. He's not the only one who is to look after the property. <laughs> He's not the only one who is to make calls on the sick or look after the lost or the straying. He's not the only one to do mission work, is he? No, no. And that's where he needs you, God needs you, and where now humility comes to the forefront and says, I want to serve. I want to give according to my abilities and my means Lord, because I want to thank you for what you have done for me. Are you aware, sure you are, on the very next page of the Bible, Jesus tells three parables were in Luke 15. Lost sheep, lost coin, lost son. Each one ends exactly the same. In the lost sheep, he says, there is rejoicing in heaven over the sinner who repents. The lost coin, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over the sinner who repents. And perhaps your favorite about the lost son who comes home. The father says we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. You see, there's such rejoicing on the part of the angels over every good deed, over every kindness, every act of humility, every bit of service that you give, there's applause in heaven. And someday, my friends, you and I are going to hear that applause of heaven. Amen. Would you please rise? Thanks for listening to this Risen Savior podcast. For more information about our church, check us out online at risensavior.us.